Thank you for streaming the audio messages of the Fountain Church. I come with a word today. I prayed, and I just really felt like Jesus wanted to say some things. Uh, so I asked him, and here's what I believe that he said 100% for Fountain Church. Here's what he said. Your start is now, so now start. Now, I know Jesus as the Jesus who gives me second chances and third chances and fourth chances. Anybody out there with me? Fifth chances. That's the Jesus I know, and I'm thankful for that Jesus. But did you guys know that this start that he is calling you to, there is no second start? Did you know that there's things in our lives where we only get one start and one chance? Knowing that the start is now isn't good enough, but what God is saying, just not, not, not just your start is now, but he's also saying this, start now. In other words, go now. I, I would hate to see, uh, uh, I would hate to see birds miss their migration trip because they procrastinated or thought they had another day or they had more opportunity, but I'm convinced that God is saying, Start now. My favorite is this, taste and see that the Lord is good. In case you haven't noticed, I'm brown, I'm Mexican, and I love how God says, you can taste how good I am. I mean, it, it went like this on the first day, let there be light. And there was. Y'all with me? Then he said, let's create the heavens and the earth and the firmament and all that. But then he got to like day five and he said this, let's make carne asada. So he created cows. <laughs> He created cows. He created cows. That was a good time to shout me down. He created cows and then us on the sixth day. Our God is a God who has designed this world to taste his goodness and to see his goodness. If you cannot taste the goodness of God, we got to get you some good Mexican food. I'm telling you right now. But if you cannot see the goodness of God, then maybe we need to change our sight and chase, change our appetite. I believe that God has a word for us today. Let me just pray. Jesus, help. Amen. John 4 says, this. that's me. That's me. John 4, you're talking, you're looking at a dude who had 83 absences in one semester, junior year in high school. Y'all laugh. <laughs> Y'all laugh. 83 absences in one semester. This is a guy who I truly believe this. You don't have to have evidence of what you've been through. Some of y'all are like, I don't believe you went through 83. That's right. That's the goodness. That's you seeing the goodness of God. Here's a scripture that I believe Jesus gave us. It says this. Jesus says this to his disciples. Now, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Jesus is literally saying this. I know you're experts and I know you're professionals and I know you've already calculated this out because this is your livelihood. But you're saying in four months you're going to begin to reap. According to everything that you know, four months is when you're going to start to reap. But Jesus says this. I say to you, lift up your eyes. If you don't think that your start is now, you will have your eyes on something else. And Jesus is saying this, hey, you got to lift up your eyes. 
and see, look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. So today I believe this, Jesus is saying this, don't, don't put this off. No, 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 I, maybe according to your calculations or maybe because of some fear. In, in, in Spanish, we say this, it's the mañana, it's the mañana in us, it's the tomorrow. Is there anybody in here who said to their goals or their dreams or to their diet, I will start tomorrow or to the gym tomorrow? And I'm just telling you, Fountain Church liars go to hell. I'm just telling you right now, so do disobedient people. Is there anybody in here who would honestly say, I am guilty of the manana syndrome. And, and God is saying this now. God is saying, don't say tomorrow. Can I tell you why God is saying tom not tomorrow? Because yesterday you said tomorrow. God, I want to just talk about sight. I grew up in the hood. Ooh, ooh. Uh, I grew up where literally in, 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 in the hood where my dad would literally, we would grow up with a, with a ghetto bird or that's a helicopter in the hood, right? Anybody, three people. And we knew that when the ghetto bird was, we had to stay away from the windows. We had to turn off the lights or we had to run inside. See, when you're from the hood, we didn't have cell phones or pagers back then. I'm older than you think. My dad would just whistle. Like he would whistle and you could hear that for blocks. I could be at McDonald's a mile away, hear my dad's whistle and I would just run, run home. But when the ghetto bird came out, I could hear my dad's whistle over the ghetto bird. My dad was that strong, seriously. So I would get home. But this is how bad it was. Scared Straight came to our school one day. Scared Straight. Y'all ever seen Scared Straight before? It used to be on MTV. This, I, Scared Straight came to our school before it even had a video, video, like it was on TV. It was all about scaring straight and not entertainment. And I remember walking in, scared straight, and I was there. I didn't know. They lied to us in school. And they said, hey, there's assembly. Well, somebody who didn't, obviously didn't like school so much, I was like, here I am. I'm there. So I showed up, and I looked around. There were 50 of the worst dudes, my friends, my best friends. We were all in the same room. And about 10 minutes go by, and I'm thinking, what the? And all of a sudden, this is what I hear. True story. Ching, ching, ching. And we're all like, what the heck? And we look back, and there's about 10 dudes who have, like, pink, uh, I'm sorry, pink, orange jumpsuits on. And they're doing this. Ching, ching. They're tied up by the hands and by the feet. And the ching, they were, they were the chain gang. They were all walking in. And there was this little buff dude with a big old shotgun. And he goes, rah, 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 like he's going crazy, right? Blankety blank. That, that's cussing. Right? He's like, blankety blank. And he's all upset. And he's going, and, and at that point, I'm thinking, what is going on? Like, what is this? They walk in and then they all just stand up there like that. And these dudes are big. These are big dudes. Their necks are the size of my legs. They're huge, right? And they're standing up there, and this little drill sergeant, he's got a little shotgun, and he goes, do you remember what we, I'll never forget these words, do you remember what we talked about? And they just stood still. And then he cussed, he blankety blank, da, 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 right? And then they were like, yes. And then the homeboy in the back came, well, he didn't run up, but he walked up like a drill sergeant would, and he got the keys. And he unlocked them. Why? I still don't know to this day. Can anybody be honest in here? And have you ever had to poop at the wrong time? Listen, that was me. I was scared. I didn't know Jesus, but I was praying to Jesus. Anybody here not know Jesus but knew that there was a time to pray for Jesus? I thought I was going to die. I'm dead serious. I ain't even lying. Don't laugh. Like, he was there. He loosed them. And then all of a sudden, he was like, go get them. I'm like, what the? What do you mean go get them? He walked out. I went home that day, and I told my mom, like, I'm done. Like, we need to move. So 
We left. No, I, I got scared straight. My product, it worked. Now, <laughs> that story still makes me nervous in my belly. It does. But growing up in the hood, we grew up with not a lot of money. I mean, just not a lot of money. I mean, a treat was going to McDonald's once a month if, if, if things were good. Am I alone? Like, if things were good, we would go to McDonald's, right? And then we would get the, like, the, those little trays, and we would get at the top of the trays. Yeah, I was that kid. I would get on the trays, and I would, like, cool runnings. Anybody down the slide? Yeah, don't do that. Are there kids in here? My God, don't do that. We grew up with bologna and tortillas. I've eaten enough bologna for every single person in here. I haven't had bologna since I was like 12, I think. We had the weenies over the stove, right? That was me. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, have, a, we didn't have a lot of money. But we would go to this place on birthday parties, our friends' birthday parties, and it was called Golf and Stuff, Camelot, right? A place where you would golf and stuff. That's what they call the colon stuff. And I remember walking in, and I was part of that quarter gang, right, where you're just like however much any quarters are in the ashtray. Like that's the arcade money you had. And I remember walking in, and there was always this, this, this big simulator in the middle. And the simulator, it actually looked a lot like this. Let me show you this video. This simulator, you would get like this red carpet kind of treatment, and they would take it off, and you would get in. And then it was this big, huge contraption. And you would sit just like they're sitting there. And you would begin to see something, but the simulator simulated like you were in a roller coaster. So they're going, they're feeling it right now. Like they're partying, but watch the loop-de-loop. -loop. See, there's the simulator. This simulator is moving with what they're seeing. It's called a simulator because it's, did you see the loop-de-loop? -loop? Oh, God. <laughs> That's it. See, you can, you're able to see what they're feeling. This sim, oh, God. Oh, God. This simulator is supposed to make you feel like you're actually in that. Has anybody ever seen that before? Yes, yeah, so this, this, so they're there, and I remember never having enough money to, to go into that thing because it was like always like a buck or two. But, but then technology caught up to some biblical and spiritual principles. See, look, there's this other video. And this video here is not a simulator. This homeboy really thinks he's, oh, God. <laughs> he, 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 he thought he was in an aircraft. This guy is in his living room, church. He's in his living room. Look, but he's feeling he's on a roller coaster. He's feeling he, at this point, he's literally screaming, I don't want to play anymore. I don't want to play anymore because he really believes that he is going. He, he's in his living room, and he thinks that he's on a roller coaster. He's freaking out in his living room thinking He's going to die. And then you got the guy at Best Buy. He's climbing a huge wall. <laughs> he was rock climbing in Best Buy. But he thought he was in Joshua Tree. There is something powerful that God tells us about 
our eyes. I'm convinced that God wants to give us a revelation with our eyes so we don't have to go through a situation in our life. I, I love this, Joshua 6.1. Ooh, I love me some Joshua. Joshua 6.1 says this. Now Jericho was securely shut up. I've always wanted to say that in church. Now Jericho was securely shut up. And as a visionary, that stuff just turns me on. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Because here's what I know about God. That the greatest things that God has for us are always securely shut up. Now, he's telling you this. The Bible don't lie. It was securely shut up. But watch what God says. Because the children of Israel, none went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see? The Lord literally said to Joshua, see? And I can, I can already know, as a prophet, I already know what Joshua said. Well, yes, I see. It's securely shut up. Anybody with me? Does anybody process like that? Well, yeah, I see it. But God's fired up. Look at that explanation point. God's like, see? And when there's an explanation point after what God says, you know it's dope. So God is like, see? Joshua's probably processing like, yes, I see. But watch. Don't put a period where there's still more to come. God, God is saying this. I have given Jericho into your hand. But now you got, jo I'm okay with shouting down, that's okay. You don't got to apologize. Now, Joshua is in the middle of this psychiatric sight type situation. Because God literally wants him to see something that doesn't yet exist. I'm convinced that at this start, God wants you to see something that doesn't yet exist. And God is like this. See? See? I've given you Jericho. And check this out. It's king. <laughs> and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city. All you Men of war. Whoa. That's just confusing. Does anybody think God is confusing sometimes? Can I get one witness in this place? Because I'm like, hold up, God. You're going way too fast. It's securely shut up. I know it. We see it. We're putting our battle plan together because we're just a bunch of men of war. But now all of a sudden you're telling me to see something. Can I, can I tell you this, church? If you can see something that nobody else sees, then you can have something that nobody else has. See, Joshua comes out and he was like, Woo, I see it. I see it. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. If you don't see what God wants you to see, you'll be preparing for a war, and God wants to prepare you for a march. See, when you prepare for a war, you're expecting casualty. But when God prepares you for a march, it's because he already has the victory at hand. When you're able to 
see what God has for you. Let me tell you, in the natural, it's completely shut up. It is. But if you walk by, help me preach, Fountain Church. If you can walk by and not by, oh boy. I'm t- God was asking Joshua not to just walk by faith, but see by faith. Check it out. And plan by faith. And when he found out this faith-filled message, when he saw and when he believed that God had Jericho for him, he looked at the two to three million people, and here's what he said. This is a great leader. He said this, everybody shut up for the next seven days. He didn't let his people talk. He did not want doubt to contaminate his sight. If you're in your if, if you're in here today and you keep hitting wall after wall after wall and you're like, why does the storm and the storm keep coming? Somebody, you need to go find your Jonah and throw them off your ship. <laughs> you better find your Jonah. You, let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You better find your Jonah and throw them off of your ship. Because that storm isn't supposed to be any longer. But maybe you're partnered with somebody that just talks a little too much and is beginning to bring a storm into your situation and your promise. And maybe there's a stall in your life because there's a Jonah in your life. There's an expiration in relationships and partnerships that we have to see. If you don't see the expiration that God, partnerships and relationships, you're going to sit in a storm and never get to the promises that God has for you. You better find, somebody better say, I'm going to find my Jonah. You better find your Jonah. And can I tell you what? When Jonah was off that ship, he was on the ship, but his heart was somewhere else. He was on that ship. He was. And the storms came because the wrong person was heading in your direction. Let me say this for the people in the back. The wrong person was on the journey. They have their own journey. Let it go. Just let it go. Okay, let me just keep on going. I love when God says this to Joshua, see, family, Fountain Church, I believe God wants you to see something that doesn't yet exist for everybody else's sight. Do you know how people become rich and how people become successful? They see something Nobody else sees. This is something that I learned recently. Man, there is something about this 11 a.m. because I'm going another direction. Go ahead, Lord. The Great Depression was horrible. I had eight years in the banking world. The Great Depression was horrible. But here's one thing that they may not teach you in school. During that Great Depression, the most millionaires were ever made. 
Sometimes they don't teach us that if we can just see something, if you could see the riches in a situation, you can have success like nobody else. This earth was been experiencing crisis, especially up here, right? We had hurricane after hurricane after hurricane, and there was just crisis after crisis after crisis. The crisis was so bad, check this out, the crisis was so bad, things were trending on Twitter like crazy. It was all crisis. But here's the interesting thing. The interesting thing was this, that it was like words like this, the greatest blank ever, right? The worst blank ever. Or they would say this, we haven't seen this in 80 years. And they would bring a correction, right? And say 500 years, right? And then they would say 500 years. Literally, they talked about the hurricanes and the storms and the flooding and the tsunamis that happened all over the world. And I was sharing this with Pastor Matt in our hotel room last night because the Lord spoke this to me about crisis. When there is crisis on earth, there is a demand for a supernatural response from heaven. Gosh, for the people in the back, listen. If we are shaken when the earth and the people of this world are shaken, then who's going to do the rescuing? This is why our kingdom is to be unshakable. But if you can see the opportunity in the crisis, then you can be rich and successful like nobody else. Now, now, this may sound a little insensitive, but let me give you an example. Houston was absolutely horrible. I have pastor friends that were there and they're dispatched and our church took a large offering for them and all that. But did you know that there are contractors who are going to get rich off of that? See, sometimes we don't see past the crisis, but I truly believe that God today is telling us, I want you to see different because I want you to have different. Now, listen, just because we see what God has for us doesn't mean we can have it. Joshua saw from afar that Jericho was securely shut up, but it was his. Now, let me take you back to the book of Numbers. And, and it's about Moses and these 12 men. And there's these 12 spies, and I love them. And Moses says, hey, I want you to spy out the promised land that God has for us. I love it because we serve a, pro a proving God. Now, here's what he said. And, and they went into the land. Oh, and they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel. In the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Ha! I love that part because they actually had evidence of what God said. They, they, fam, listen, listen, fam. They actually had the evidence. They brought it back. But here's what they said. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. That's good. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. In other words, everything that God said it would be, 
it is. If you're living your life and it's not everything that God said it would be, let me, let me, let me just keep on going. <laughs> nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. nevertheless. The people who dwell in the land are strong. We got the evidence. But the people who dwell in the promised land, they're strong. The cities, they're fortified. And they're very large. Moreover, we saw the cousins of Goliath. That's what they said. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Termites, all the ites, they dwell in the mountains. And the other ites, they dwell by the sea. Listen. And along the banks of the Jordan. That's crazy. Because what they're saying kind of gets me excited as a pastor, as a leader, as a visionary. Because here's what I know. That the promises that God has for me are possessed by strong people. The cities are very large and fortified. This is the God that I know. God likes to repossess what the devil stole. And if you don't understand that we are in the repossessing business, you might have the wrong theology of our God. But this city belongs to the Lord. And we are called to repossess. Yeah, but Pastor, but you, you don't understand. Like, they're strong. Like, like the obstacles, they're large. Like, they're all over the place. Sounds like Jesus. Here's what they say, though, but here's what they say. The banks of the Jordan, like they're chilling the banks of the Jordan. Check this out. Before they even got to the promised land, they had to cross the. Is the enemy staring you down in places where you can't even enter? I mean, you're talking about the strong one. They're at the banks. I see it like this. I see you thinking about coming over here. I see. No, no, no. They're dwelling Along the banks of the Jordan. Let me keep on going. Here's what he says. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Let me give you the ART version, okay. You got one dude is giving like this bad report. And then Caleb comes up and he goes like this. Everybody, shut up. And you, shut up. That's what I think quieted really means. That's how I read it. Here's what he said. Let us go up. Once, let us go up at once and look at and take and take and take. In other words, in other words, see, see, the Caleb is my dog, he's my dude because he understands this the promises of God, they're not handed to you, they're taken. They're taken. And maybe you don't have the promises of God because you're like, well, I did everything you said, like, why don't you just roll out the carpet and just give it to me now? Like, I, like I did everything. You did everything but fight. There's a time when we're supposed to fight. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, for casting down arguments. Let me just sit on casting down arguments. Let me just sit on that for a quick second. God called my wife and I, Christina, I wish she was here, to plant a church. 
we were at a very successful, awesome, incredible church. I, I was hoping to retire there. Everything was so comfortable. Anybody? Can I get one witness? Everything was so good. I had worked so hard. I worked hard, so hard to get the ministry to where I wanted. And it finally got there. And then the Lord said, pass it off. I'm there. It's good. And all of a sudden it says, the Lord says, I want you to plant a church. I'm telling you right now, it was not my idea to plant a church. No way. James scared the heck out of me when he said this. You're held doubly accountable for whatever you teach. I was like, I'm already scared to get to heaven before Jesus in the first place. Now I'm doubly accountable? I had so many arguments. Has God ever spoke to you and all of a sudden an argument? Like one day you're like, let's do this. Let's take on hell with a water gun, right? You're all fired up. You're all full of faith. You're ready to go. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait. What was I thinking? I don't even have the name of the church. How are we going to have a church? And then all of a sudden you wake up or you hear a good message or you're just like, ah, let's go, right? And you're like, let's do it, babe. You're doing it, babe. Let's do it, babe. And then all of a sudden, like, you come to and you're like, what were you thinking, bro? Has God, has God, has that ever happened to you? Am I the only one? Where literally, literally arguments have exalted themselves above what God says. I'm telling you, in order to have this Caleb spirit, you have to pull down those arguments. Just like this, just like this. Shut up. Just take those thoughts captive. Take those thoughts captive. Now, I'm brown. I'm Mexican. And that's, that's crazy. Growing up Mexican, that's crazy. My mom and dad, they separated at eight. I heard them argue all the time. But here's what we were great at our family. <whistles> under the rug. <whistles> right under the rug. And all of a sudden, everything went under, went under the rug. I never knew what it was like to talk about things that bothered us. So when the Bible literally tells us to take our thoughts captive, I was like, is that, is that jail underneath the rug? Because that's all I know. But literally, the Bible wants us to put in jail those things that haunt us. In other words, you got to face what haunts you and then tell it where to go. For we are well able to overcome it. Caleb said, shut up. Let's go right now. Caleb's spirit and Mary's spirit, they're very similar, and I love that spirit. Because you got Mary. We're talking about time. God is saying start now. Mary went up to Jesus at a wedding, and she was like, hey, Jesus, all the wine's out. Now, I know Mary is Mexican. If you didn't know that by her name alone, this right here should tell you that Mary was Mexican. Mary goes out, and she's like, Jesus, listen. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I am not making this up. Hey, we're out of the wine. Jesus literally says this. He literally says this. Woman, ooh, maybe that was mistake number one. Right? He looks like, woman, it is not my time. And Mary goes like a good Mexican mom. And she's like, hey, do whatever. 
whatever he says. <laughs> do whatever Jesus says, right? Do, it, do whatever he says. And the next thing you know in the next scene, there's wine, okay? There was the spirit that Mary had that understood time. Jesus was like, it's not my time. Mary says, but it's the time. You got Caleb who's saying at once, at once, like now. Faith says now. Fear says tomorrow. Fear says tomorrow. But the problem with that is yesterday we said tomorrow. Manana die. Listen, okay, let me just keep on going. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, listen, these are the same people who had the evidence and said, look at the fruit. And it truly is flowing with milk and honey. And then they added their fear to the report. They added dirt to their report. Then Okay, let's go to the next verse. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. Lies! 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 Fear! Lies! Fear! Lies! Love tells the truth. This is why perfect love casts out all fear. Fear, liar. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants again, the cousins of Goliath. Now listen. Here's what he says. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Now, watch this. All 12 spies saw the same promises that God had for them. All 12 spies carried the evidence that everything that God said is true. But I'm here to tell you, just because you can see what God has for you doesn't mean you can have it. Because this 10 saw what God had for them, but saw themselves like grasshoppers. In other words, small. And can I tell you what happens with grasshoppers? This is why they said, we're not able. Because the 10 spies saw this. So if your ex-boyfriend or your boss or your dad or your mom has done this to you, or if your past or if your Jonah has done this to you, that's why you won't move forward. If there's something in your life that has done this to you, if there's something that you cannot shake and it's done this to you, in our own sight, but here's the most profound thing. Here's what he confesses himself. And so we were. In other words, they saw themselves as small. Therefore, they were. 
just because you can see the promises of God that he has for you in front of you doesn't mean you can receive them. You have to see yourself as a child who deserves what God has for you. If you do not see yourself with the right sight that God has for you, you will not get to walk into the promised land that God has for you. You need to. This is a type of stuff that is happening in Freedom Life Groups. Freedom Life Groups makes you big again. Oh, gosh, that's for the people in the back. Listen, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But not only are you free from bondage, you're free to now walk into the promises that God has for you. Freedom is not selfish. Wanting freedom is not selfish. Wanting freedom is to leave a legacy because it affects free people, free people. It affects everybody. I love this. Thank you, Jackie. I love this. I told you about the first five days and then the carne asada was made, right? And now watch. And the sixth day, something crazy happens. The sixth day, Oh, you, you can come up and play keys now because this is my favorite part. <laughs> can I tell you why I love the keys? Does anybody just feel like it hits the spot when you get the keys? Like, does it feel like you're in a jacuzzi? Just like, yeah. I love it. David taught me why I should love music so much. David taught me this, my friend David. You guys probably know him as King David, but he's my friend. We spent there was a moment where David was still in the fields. Hmm. David was still in the fields. Just because God is saying now is your time doesn't mean that you try to go find your Samuel. Some of you guys think, I got the green light. Let's go. Let's run. Let's network. Let's make calls. Let's make it happen. No, as a matter of fact, that's probably why you're stuck. Because this younger generation thinks that they have to go find their Samuel, where all along Samuel was supposed to go find his David. And I don't want you, I don't want you at all to feel like you have to do anything other than lay your roots down deep. Now literally just means this. I am all in and let me see. Some of us think, well, there's no way that I can see Samuel. I was just picking up the poop and tending the sheep. This is no way to address a judge or a prophet. Let me go clean up. Did we forget that part that when David went to Samuel, he smelled like bad stuff. He looked like bad stuff. And sometimes we become so spiritually high that we're no earthly good. We think, if this is the moment, then surely I need to be cleaned up. Surely I need to get everything together. Surely I need to wash myself. Surely I need to have to go on a fast. Surely I... And Samuel saw David and said, well, that's, if he was mad, he would have probably done something like that. You got something right here. Granny, you got something right here. And anointed him. And he was like, this is, you're the guy. Don't go looking for your Samuel. The three of them are together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And here's what he said at the beginning. They said this, now let us. Whew. 
beautiful. The Trinity now comes out and says, let us make man in our own image. Church, let me just please, let me just go in. What they're saying is, we're about to work and make man to be just like us. So the father comes out. And here's what I love. This is the ART version. Here's what I love. That they actually got on their hands and knees to create us. Because we were made from dirt. And the father, I believe he looked over at Jesus and Holy, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and says, back and it's like WWF and tags Jesus and Jesus comes on over and Jesus, I, I can just imagine Jesus big old, and he just comes and yeah see how much better it is with the music in the background, yes just hitting it and then I believe Jesus just gets up and goes and tags Holy Ghost and Holy Ghost comes and yeah, and just goes and creates man and I believe after he was created they go back and I believe the three of them had a moment where they look at what they created and I believe they said, this is us. Oh my God. Get it? This is us. I believe the Father was able to look at the Son and the Holy Spirit and be like, Yes, yes. And I believe the three of them exchanged words with, wow. It's like looking in the mirror. But family, why is it that when we look in the mirror, we see the evidence of the evil one first? Why is it that when we look in the mirror, the first thing that we see is things we're not happy with? Why is it the things that we're insecure about or afraid of or we won't move forward past or we'll immediately say, I could never, I will never, I, I need to. Why is it always the things? We were not created in the image of the devil. We were created in the image of God. Now, I want you to know this for somebody here. God is not afraid of your dirt. Don't forget you were made from dirt. And if you've got a whole lot of dirt, he's just gonna remake you and remake you and remake you. Don't be afraid of the dirt in your life. It's where you came from in the first place. It's where I came from in the first place. It's what he chose to make us out of, the dirt. Don't hide the dirt. Don't run from the dirt. Expose the dirt so that God can create something brand new from the dirt that's inside of you. He chose dirt to make something that looked just like him. And I believe he will use the dirt in our lives to create his will out of our lives. I come with a message, Fountain Church. It's now. It's now. Would we have the spirit of Caleb and say, let us go at once 
and not the spirit of the other 10 who said, we are like grasshoppers. 